Hey family, how are you? I pray all is well in the mighty name of Jesus Christ, the son of the living God, the God of Abraham, Isaac, Jacob in us. That's right. He is our God and what a mighty God we serve. I pray that the spirit of the Lord rest upon you a sweet anointing, kissing upon your forehead, wrapping you in his arms in the mighty name of Jesus. So I just wanted to come on and share how this book has truly blessed me, how my eyes has been opened to the little foxes that truly spoils the vine. Sometimes we really feel like we have forgiven someone, but there are some things that are that are very deep that we haven't truly, truly dealt with, but the Holy Spirit is exposing. Hallelujah. As I prayed, reading this book, I said, Holy Spirit, expose the darkness. If it be any darkness in me, if it be anything that's not right, expose me because I want to be right with you. And I don't want to be that minister that point out everybody else, but I'm still in darkness. So there's some dark areas in my life that has not been laid aside and allowed the Holy Spirit to have full reign. So as I was reading the book, I said, Lord, show me me. And I love that one plantive, one water of God gives the increase that when we get to a place that we can truly receive the word of God, the truth of God's word, then we can receive that deliverance. We can receive that freedom. So as I was reading the book, the Holy Spirit opened my eyes to some of the mistakes that I've made, not only in the past, but even in recent years. And I want to share that with you, but I want to talk about two parts um, that he's spoken about. He speaks about what forgiveness is not. And then he he talks about what forgiveness is. He have a few points on both, but I want to share one from each and share my heart. So I'm going to start with what forgiveness is not. Forgiveness is not reconciliation. Forgiveness and reconciliation are not always the same. Reconciliation requires the participation of two people. The person you forgive may not want to see or talk to you, or they may have passed away since the time of the offense. Moreover, you may not want to maintain a close relationship with the person you forgive. Reconciliation implies a restoration of friendship after a quarrel. When a husband and wife totally forgive each other, it will usually mean a reconciliation, but not always. The bitterness and the desire to punish the other person may be gone. But the wish to restore things to the way they were may not necessarily be so strong. If your spouse is unfaithful and sleeps with your best friend, both your marriage and your friendship will probably never be the same no matter how genuine and forgiveness that you offer. An injured person can forgive an offender without reconciliation. It is a wonderful indeed if the relationship can be restored, but this must not be pressed in most cases. Some things could never be the same. It takes two to reconcile and there must be a total willingness on both parts. As 2 Corinthians 5.19 tells us, God in Christ reconciling the world to himself, but we still implore people on Christ's behalf to be reconciled to God. Why must we do this? Reconciliation doesn't really take place until both parties agree. Why this blessed me is for many years, When I was growing up, 
probably in my early 20s, I had a friend who who really stabbed me in the back and it hurt me really deeply. Um, we were friends for a few years and I loved her, but she really hurt me. And for the past few years, the fast, past recent years, she's been reaching out, um, trying to reconcile. She would say things, oh, I remember when we were best friends. I remember, I remember. But there is no desire in me to be reconciled. I have forgiven her. I wish her and her family the best, but I have no desire for a friendship with her. But for uh, for the past two years, I was kind of feeling a little bad because I felt like, well, I'm the minister. Maybe I should be sharing the love of God and maybe I should befriend her. But it was never right with my spirit. Like every time she would call, it was always bringing up the past and remember, remember when this and it just grieved my spirit because I knew how she 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 dealt with me. And I'm like, OK, I've forgiven you, but I'm not about to open that door for me to be hurt again. The Bible tells us to guard our heart. It's important for us to be wise. It's important for us to discern. It's important for us to to pay attention to the fruit that people bear. This blessed me because it it gave me the peace to let go and not question myself as if I'm in error because I don't want to be friends with her again, that I don't want to reconcile the relationship, that as long as I truly forgiven her for what she has done and I wish the best for her, that I'm still in good standing with the Lord. So this really freed me because I really was thinking like, well, well, maybe I'm the wrong person. And I would always ask God, am I wrong? Do you want me to be friends with her? Should I be friends with her? This right here has given me the peace and the freedom to let it go and know that I am right before God, that I'm doing right by her. I am no longer angry with her. And I truly, truly wish her the best. But I don't have to reconcile the relationship. And a lot of times the enemy would love to torment us and make us think that we should be doing certain things without the guidance and the leading of the Holy Spirit. I'm big on praying and I think we should pray and ask the Lord. He is the God of all. He wants to be involved in all of our uh, relationships. So to pray and say, Lord, is this a relationship I should be in? Should be a prayer that we pray that we shouldn't just go willy nilly and being and jumping from this friendship to this friendship or being in friendships that are not necessarily beneficial for us and where God is taking us. So we have to be okay with taking these friendships and relationships to the altar. So I, I thank God for prayer. I thank God that he answered my prayer with this book because I did feel a little bad about not, you know, reaching out to her. But it was the enemy because how she did me. I honestly, you know, I don't know if she's changed. Um, I honestly don't want to give the opportunity to. But to God be the glory in her life. May she be blessed bountifully. May the windows of heaven open upon her and her family. I just don't want to be friends again. So this truly, truly blessed me because for for a while I felt bad that I was doing something wrong, not wanting to be her friend. So another part of the book. Oh wait, before I go on, let me say this. Um, I think it's important because I love that he point out that reconciliation, it has to take place when two people are willing to do so. Family, we have to learn to allow our friends and our loved ones to make the decision that's best for them. A lot of times we make decisions based on what our family think with our love, you know, what our lover think, you know, some relationships, they, they don't like your friends. Um, they don't like your family. So we tend to 
pick and choose and do what people say instead of doing what's best for the relationship, what's best for the friendship, what's best for you. So I encourage you that if you want to be reconciled to somebody, don't let nobody tell you not to be reconciled. Unless God tells you to stay away, don't let other voices stop you from making amends. Amen. Even the Bible tells us if you come to the altar and you have an art with your brother or sister, leave what you have at the altar, go make amends, then come back. Like the book said, it's, it's not always reconciliation is not always the case. You may not can't make amends, but as long as you do your part and you forgive and you ask for that forgiveness, if the party, if both parties are willing to not only forgive, but reconcile the relationship. And if that's what you want, family, do it. Don't let you don't let your parents, don't let your children, don't let your spouse stop you from being in friendships. Um, like I said, you need prayer. There's a lot of prayer that takes place. And you got to see why. Because um, a lot of times, and oh man, that's in this book too, but I don't want to talk too much. He talks about, he talks a lot about how most people are angry with people, not even for what they did, but what they have done to people they love. So it's easier said than done. Um, if your spouse is angry about how your friend has treated you, that's a little hard because now you have to pick between your friend and your spouse and that's never a good situation. And you have to take it into consideration that, hey, they love you and they're just angry for how the person treats you. So both of you need to forgive. You know, a lot of times our loved ones are more angry at our offender than we actually are. So he talks about that in a book as well. But I think it's important that we personally, between us and God, make the decision other people shouldn't make the decision. You should make the decision whether or not you want to be reconciled to the friendship or the relationship between you, them and God. Don't let other people have a say so. Take it to God in prayer and allow the Holy Spirit to lead you on the best thing that you should do. Amen. So the other part that I wanted to share was what forgiveness is, and it kind of complements the first one. Forgiveness is refusing to punish. Refusing to punish those who deserve it. Giving up the natural desire to see them get what's coming to them is the essence of total forgiveness. Our human nature cannot bear the thought that someone who hurt us deeply would get away with it. That they have done something evil. It seems unfair. We want vengeance. We want punishment. But the fear that they won't get punished is opposite of perfect love. This is what John said. There is no fear in love, but perfect love drives out fear because fear has to do with punishment. And no one and the one who fears is not made in perfect love. If we harbor the desire to see our enemies punish, we will eventually lose the anointing of the spirit. But when perfect love and the love of Jesus and the fruit of the Holy Spirit enters, the desire for your enemy to be punished leaves. Total forgiveness is refusing to punish. It is refusing to cave in to fear that this person or those people won't get what they deserve. The punishment or rebuke 
we think they deserve. I have been triggered by John's assertion that fear has to do with punishment. Sometimes we fear that God won't step in and give our enemies their just desert. But if one gives in to this fear, he will be trespassing on God's territory. And God doesn't like that. Vindication is God's prerogative and God's prerogative alone. Deuteronomy 32:35 tells us, "It is mine to avenge; I will repay." This verse is even cited twice in the New Testament, Romans 12:19 and Hebrews 10:30. Vindication is what God does best. He doesn't want our help. So when we refuse to be instruments of punishment, God likes that. It sets him free to decide what should be done. But if we maneuver our way into the process, he may as well let us do what we will. Then neither divine vengeance or true justice will be carried out. Only the fulfillment of our own personal grudge. It is important that we examine ourselves in this area. We must ask how much of what I am about to say or do is just an attempt to punish. If punishment is our motives, we are about to grieve the Holy Spirit of God. However, much right may be on our side. Man, family, this right here, as I was reading it, the Holy Spirit just was snatching my edges off. <laughs> and I say that because whew, punishment was a thing for me. And I want to I'll use this situation as one of the things that I used to do to really frustrate, like when I was angry with someone or if somebody did something that I didn't like. I would punish them in a sense of if someone would call me. And I see them calling, I purposely didn't answer. I purposely didn't respond to their texts. And in my mind, I would say things like, hmm. I'm not answering you. You're not going to have access to me. You know what you did. You know what you said. And the reason why this is so bad is because I also said, oh, we're good. I'm not mad. You know, it's okay. We tend to say things like that, but truly it's not okay. And we're not good. And I had my, my vindication and I'm going to get you back. And I'm, you know, you're going to, you're going to wish you didn't do this. You're going to wish you didn't say that. And the Holy Spirit brought that to my remembrance of how I would treat people that hurt me. And of course, as you know, a minister of God, or just even being a Christian, because this happened a few years ago and then when I got ordained I still was kind of operating in my own little way of vindicating myself and punishing people so the Holy Spirit was reminding me because I never repented of it because I didn't think it was wrong this is why I wanted to share it because I didn't think it was wrong oh it's my right I'll answer the phone when I answer the phone I respond to your text when I want to respond to your text if I was actually busy if I was in a position where I couldn't answer my phone then it wouldn't have been wrong but my heart posture was wrong hallelujah Sometimes we say, oh, I have the right not to. But what is your heart like? Remember, man looks at the outer, but God searches the heart. And my heart was wrong. No, I wasn't doing something wrong. No, I wasn't hurting them. But in my heart, I was punishing them. In my heart, I wasn't giving them the access to me that they used to have. No, you don't deserve my access. No, you don't deserve my time. But yet I said 
we're good. Family, when I say the Holy Spirit was snatching all of my edges, I was like, okay, dang, Holy Ghost, dang, hold on. Let me, let me keep these. I need these edges. Family, God is dealing with his children. And I just love how he deals with me. And I love that I could come hang out with my brothers and sisters and tell you about how God snatched up, how daddy snatched off my edges because he wants us to be in right standing with him. I didn't think I was doing anything wrong. And if you would have told me, Trina, you, I think you may have some unforgiveness there. I'd be like, uh-uh, everybody, I love him. I love them. I love, uh-uh, Jesus, I love, mm And it's funny how we will use scriptures to back up our bull, to back up our nonsense. Oh, no, you know, we got to guard our heart. Oh, you know, the Bible's don't throw your pearls to swans. Oh, you, the enemy would love for you to use scriptures to help your polluted motive. And on the surface, it don't look like you're doing anything wrong. But in your heart, family, what is going on in your heart? And as I'm saying is how many of you can be honest with yourself that maybe even right now you are punishing someone who hurt you. We have little manipulative ways to punish the people we say we love. Family, that is not love and that is not total forgiveness. A lot of times when people hurt us and people let us down, we have a little talks. We, we, we kind of talk it out a little bit, but not enough that it's total healing. And we harbor, just like he said, we harbor the desire to punish them. That means that it wasn't resolved. Something is missing. And I think it's important that we have healthy communications with the people that have hurt us. Sometimes it's not always possible. But if it is, we should always pray and say, Lord, I, I need to get this off. My, my heart is hurting me. I need to talk to them. It's okay to say I'm not okay. It's okay to say I'm not okay. I'm not okay about what you said. I'm not okay about what you did. And if I don't talk to you about it, I don't want to harbor these emotions. And if you don't talk to them about it, you make sure you talk to God about it. Make sure you talk to actually God about it first, because then God, he, the Bible says he's anointed for, to heal the brokenhearted. He will bind up your wounds and begin to heal you so that when you do go talk to the person, it will be a few, a fruitful conversation. You always want fruit. You never want to have a conversation and it ends poorly. That's not benefiting anybody that that would benefit the enemy because he loves division where God called us to be unified. And even though like the first one, it, forgiveness don't mean reconciliation, but you have to ask yourself. I love this part because I feel like a lot of people make amends, make amends with the people that hurt them, make amends with the people that had offended them, yet they, they, they secretly punish them. They use these little manipulative tactics to get them back. And that's not love. Yes, some things take time for you to get over, but you have to remember. See, this is the thing. You have the right to reconciliation and you have the right to walk away. But you must forgive. It is a command and it is a law by our God to forgive one another as God has forgiven us. That is not a choice. Forgiveness, forgiveness is just we have to do it. 
There's no choice. You don't get to say, oh, I don't have to forgive them. Not if you're a child of God, you don't. You don't have a choice there. You do get to choose if you want to reconcile or not. But now I want to take it a step further. If you choose to reconcile, please don't reconcile. Then look for a way to punish them. Don't say you forgive me and then you mistreat me. Don't say you forgive me, then you don't answer my calls. Don't say you forgive me, but then you saying little stuff here and there. Don't say you forgive me, but every time I turn around, you're bringing up every, everything that I've done. You look for little mistakes to say something. That is not reconciliation. That is not total forgiveness. That is a door opener for the enemy to kill, steal, and destroy. So we have to be mindful. The choice is yours to choose. But if you choose to reconcile family, look, when when Jesus reconciled us to God, we sinned against God. We broke God's law. But God said, I'm going to send my only son. He's going to bleed. And, and for, for the shedding of his blood is going to be for the remission of sin. I'm going to forgive you. And what he did, it reconciled you back to me. Family, I have done so much and the Holy Spirit have yet have yet to come to me and say when I repent oh here we go again oh I thought you wasn't going to do that no more oh God has never did that to me but why do we do that to each other why do we do that to each other the Bible says as far as the east is from the west so is our, 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 our iniquities and our transgressions. He throws them into the sea of forgetfulness. We don't throw ours into the sea of forgetfulness. No, we throw them in our stash box. And the minute you mess up, I'm going to go right in my little stash and record what you did. But doesn't the Bible tell us in 2 Corinthians that love holds no record? That love holds no record? God don't hold no record. He threw them in a sea of forgetfulness. You know what happens with paper getting water? It dissolves. That paper, matter of fact, I won't say the paper going to just dissolve. The ink going to come off the paper. It ain't written no more. It's blotted out. Thank you, Jesus. Because of the blood, our sin is blotted out. So why do we take other people offenses and put them in our little stash box? Forgive them. But use what they did against them. Family, that is not love and that is not total forgiveness. So this blessed me and, it, and, you know, it exposed what I thought was OK. I thought it was OK that I don't have to answer you. I don't have to expose myself to you. But if I said I forgive you and I, I chose reconciliation, then I can't punish you. And that's where I was wrong. Sometimes we like to think of unforgiveness as I'm talking about you and, you know, I, I mean you harm and I'm out to get you and looking for ways to, you know, cause you to stumble. But no, unforgiveness could just be you looking for ways to punish them for what they did. That shows that there's some hurt there that shows that there is some bitterness there that needs to be dealt with. You don't want nothing hindering you 
in your God. So family, as I am sharing this, if the Holy Spirit is tugging on your heart, if you have recognized that you're using little manipulative tactics to punish the people you love, that's not right. That's not right. A lot of times in in most relationships and marriages, and I've heard this a few times, that when a woman, when the wife is mad at her husband, she punishes him by not giving him, by not sleeping with him. Oh, you're not getting this until you do right, until you take out the trash, until you do whatever she wants him to do. She punishes him by not sleeping. But the Bible says that your body is not your own and his body is not your own, his own. So why are you punishing him with sex? And as a man, why are you punishing your wife? You know what it is she needs. You know what it is that she wants. You know what it is that she's asking you to do. Yet because you're upset, you're punishing her with little, little manipulative tactics. We do it to our children. We do it to our parents. Why do we do this? Why do we do this to the people we say we love? Man, this book will, <laughs> man, I'm telling you, I'm going to just prepare you. To, your edge is going to be snatched off or your bed. I don't know. Because <laughs> God, I didn't think that was wrong. I thought I was cool not answering my phone. But I, with, with the Holy Spirit exposed, if it was done under the right conditions, it wouldn't have been wrong. But what the Holy Spirit opened my eyes to was my heart posture during the process. That when I saw the number, when I saw the text and I saw the call, I would smirk. He, trust me, the Holy Spirit brought it back to me. I would smirk and be like, hmm, I'm not answering you. <laughs> you. You don't get the same access. I'm not going to treat you the way I used to treat you. You don't love the way you used to love. You're not as open as you were. Oh, that shows that there are some, there's some hurt there. There's some resentment there. And you got to repent. You got to repent to God and you got to even expose, you got to expose yourself to them. So, you know what? I, I haven't been treating you right. I, I'm, I've been low key angry with you. I'm low key. I'm low key. I, I have this resentment towards you. I got this bitterness towards you. And this is what I have been doing. If you expose yourself, the devil will have no more grounds. I remember my pastor, would, she told me, what you keep in secret, the devil will always keep you in bondage. And I believe that is so true. Expose yourself. Not only will it free you, it will tighten the relationship because it will give you the opportunity to share what is truly on your heart. And then the other person to see, look, I really love you, but I'm hurting and I just need you to give me a little time. I don't mean to punish you. I don't mean to try to take matters into my own hand. I don't mean to try to vindicate myself, but I'm still hurting. I don't feel you understand my pain. A person shouldn't have to understand your pain for you to make the decision to forgive them. I forgive you because it's the right thing to do. As God has forgiven me, I forgive you. But you can't say, I want to be reconciled to the person. Then you turn around and punish him. Forgiveness is not punishment. It's love. It's encouragement. Support. I want you to really think about, think about your actions. 
Think about the person who offended you. Think about the person who hurt you. Think about it and then ask yourself, how have I been treating them? Have I been punishing them? Have I been using these manipulative tactics that I think is okay because I have the right? Are you using scriptures to help with your resolve? You know, I'm obey the Lord. (laughs) Guard your heart. We got to pay attention. We got to really allow the Holy Spirit to minister to us and show us our error. Who could know the error in the wicked, wicked way of their heart unless the Holy Spirit exposed the darkness? He knows what's in the darkness for the light dwells in him. Family, get this book. I cannot put it down. Like I said, he's snatching out these edges, but he 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 he, he put he patching them back. <laughs> he patching them back. But it's opening my eyes to the little foxes. The Bible says it's the little foxes that spoils the vines. We have we don't have healthy relationships because we're not acting healthy. We don't have whole relationships because we're not creating a whole environment. I'm punishing you. How are you going to have a whole relationship? How are you going to have a healthy relationship when every time you turn around, you're punishing them for what they have done in the past? If you say you forgive me, if you say you love me, don't punish me. Don't punish me. Love me. And if you're struggling with that, you take that to God. Help me forgive them totally or at least be honest. So, you know what? I want to forgive you, but right now I'm still pissed off. And I'm punishing you. Forgive me. I don't want to punish you. Maybe if you talk about it, it'll help you let it go. And that you can truly, truly restore the relationship back to health. Because that is the heart of God. We serve a God of reconciliation. But it's not going to truly reconcile if we're punishing the people we say that we love. So family... I just had to share this because God has been blessing me as I'm reading it. It's it's, I haven't even shared nothing with you. I just picked those two things to share uh, because it, it was those two areas that God opened my eyes to me. However, there's so much in these first two chapters that I'm like, ugh. I think I should just get a bucket of highlighter and just dip the whole book because it's that good. It is that good. Um, it's scripture on top of scripture. He brings everything back to the word. I just love this book. So family, I encourage you, if you already don't have RT Kendall Total Forgiveness, you might want to get it so the Holy Spirit can expose the little foxes that expose the vine. I don't care how long you've been walking with God. You don't know you like you think he knows you're rising up and sitting down. He knows your thoughts are far off. He knows your heart. I didn't think I was doing anything wrong, family. I'm still loving. I'm still encouraging. I'm still supporting. But I also did little things that showed I was still hurt. And that I was still a little bitter. And by the grace of God, I repented for the things that I did in the past. I repented for the things that I did like in recent, recent years. And I asked the Holy Spirit for the ones that I want true reconciliation to open up a door that I can totally reconcile. Sometimes we think that if we just leave things alone, that things will get better. And the truth is, it don't. There needs to be a conversation. 
There needs to be a conversation. There needs to be, we need to express how we each feel to get a greater understanding. Wisdom is the principal thing, but in all you're getting, get an understanding. You need to talk and get an understanding of each person's view so that you can have total understanding to get that total reconciliation as you walk in total forgiveness. So I did ask the Lord to open up doors where I can talk to people. I've forgiven them, but I want to share um, what was on my heart that I could totally, you know, expose myself to. I was wrong when I did this to you because I, I wasn't completely over what you did. And I believe by faith that that is going to open up uh, the windows of heaven because God loves. He said, blessed are the what peacemakers that, you know, we may feel like, oh, we're good. We're not. You know, I ain't got nothing. You know, I ain't got no beef with them. I ain't got no. But is it whole? And that, like I said, these are for the relationships that I want reconciliation from. Like the first one, mm -mm, I don't want reconciliation. I just prayed. Thank God for, you know, giving me that peace and may may her life be abundantly blessed. But for the relationships that I do desire reconciliation, um, I'm, it's, it's prayer and humility. You got prayer for God to open up that door and humility for you to humble yourself, even in the situations you feel you were right even in the situations you feel you were wrong and you choose to love them and not punish them. So I'm excited for what God is going to do. Um, I'm excited to even come back and talk about um, the opportunities that God gave me for those total restorations. So I'm looking forward to that. But I just wanted to share this with you, family, because God is really moving in me reading this book. And he's tugging on the heartstrings and he's snatching those edges out. So <laughs> I just wanted to share it with you guys. And I pray that you get the book so that you would be blessed and totally free. And you let the people that you had in your prison totally free. I love you. May God bless you and keep you until I speak to you again, family. Have a great day.